a whole crate of the stuff. Contrary to his football-mad reputation, Schembechler was interested in just about everything, from the Ann Arbor bus system to teacher training to deficit spending. And, of course, Bo had personal opinions about all of it, too. Bo never stopped learning. This past semester, he attended a class on politics with Kathy at the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy, where he would often admonish his younger classmates to take your hat off. Bo was a voracious reader with a weakness for Tom Clancy books. He also loved music from Cole Porter to Tina Turner, the latter thanks to Kathy, of course. He hummed constantly. It resonated in his chest, occasionally bubbling up to form a verse, which he sang in a deep baritone. Then he'd return to his humming while filing some papers. Above all, Bo was interested in people. He hated talking about himself, but he loved talking about you. When he met my father at a book signing ten years ago, he said, Oh, I know all about you. Needless to say, my father has never forgotten it. When Bo was in town, he'd drive to Schembechler Hall around 10 a.m., park in reserve space 01, and trundle down the second-floor hallway to his office. Schembechler might have been a great coach, but he would have made a terrible spy with a complete inability to whisper, sneak up on anyone, or speak anyone's name in lowercase letters. Hey, Mary! He would roar at the far end of the hallway. How you doing? Hey, Big John Falk, what's the good word? Before Bo could sit down, the phone started ringing. He would lean forward, snap up the receiver, and shout, Hello, this is he. Hey, how the hell are you? Then lean back in his chair, flashing his famous teeth-clenched grin. When he finished, no matter what kind of mood he was in, he would slam the handpiece down on the receiver as if he were spiking a football. Bang! Every time. Of the dozens of phones in Schimbeckler Hall, only Bo used the ancient, chunky model. And it was a good thing. Those fancy, sleek kinds wouldn't last any longer in Bo's hands than his old headsets. The chances were very good the call was from one of his former players, a dozen of whom called or stopped by every day. Whether they were All-Americans or walk-ons, Schembechler invariably recalled their names, their positions, their hometowns, and what they were up to the last time they had spoken. Not surprisingly, almost all of them kept in touch. If you played for Bo, you had two fathers. His voice is still ringing in their ears long after they've graduated. Early is on time, and on time is late. There is no substitute for hard work. You know what the right thing to do is, so just do it. He wrote their recommendations. He attended their weddings, and he visited their hospital rooms. If he could do anything to help, he would, just like that, including visiting two players in prison and working to get them back on their feet after they got out. They all say the same thing. You may not have always liked it, but with Bo, you always knew exactly where you stood. Bo insulted you to your face, and I have to admit I was flattered to be added to his long list of victims, and he praised you behind your back. In a society that favors image over substance and glad-handing over sincerity, Bo's bedrock values seem almost extreme to us now. Schembechler was a man who knew exactly who he was, but he seemed mystified by the public's view of him. Hey, I'm not Jonas Sulk, he often said. Football coaching should not have so much status attached to it. Bo didn't get it. His appeal was not based on his victories, but on his values, which were as simple as they were timeless. It was those values, and not his victories, that inspired me to ask him to write this book, 
but it took me six years to convince him that people wanted, even needed, to hear him now more than ever. Bacon, nobody cares what I say because nobody remembers who I am. I know, I know. He was a hard man to argue with, even when you knew you were right. But he actually believed it. When Bo was still coaching, he helped out the Special Olympics by playing basketball with mentally challenged kids. He loved it because they had no idea who he was and they didn't care. I was just some old guy who came down to play basketball with them. And that's pretty much how Schimbeckler saw himself. Just some old guy who once coached football. We knew better. John Bacon, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Chapter 1. You better start with your heart. Let's start with first things first. Passion. Because without that, nothing else...